Dateline, a long time ago. Galaxy far, far away. The clone armies of the Republic were spread out across the galaxy, fighting droid armies of the Separatist movement. And from the front lines of the battle comes Frontline, the Clone War podcast, with your host, Michael Cohen. And now, Michael Cohen. Welcome to the 19th episode of Frontlines, the Clone Wars podcast for the episode Storm Over Ryloth. I am your host, Michael Cohen, and uh, here we are finally. I've finally gotten some time to get back behind the mic and uh, and record this episode. Um, <clears throat> my apologies for being so late. It's uh, It's been a bit of a crazy couple weeks for me. Um, which, uh, which is why it took so long to get this out. I really honestly did not have the time to myself to sit and write the episode recap, which was mostly why I, uh, I didn't get around to, to recording anything, because without that episode recap, there's really no point in having an episode. Um, anyways, let's get straight into it. We've got some pretty big news. This isn't necessarily Clone Wars related not specifically um but it is pretty big star wars news and uh and it might be front lines related in the future as we go forward maybe not necessarily front lines but maybe maybe just me related um and that piece of news is that uh mtv movie blog is reporting that the star wars live action tv series casting is underway uh, I've just taken this article directly from their site, so I, I'm just going to read it for you guys. Star Wars, a live-action TV series set in the Star Wars cosmos, has been an elusive, tantalizing prospect for years. News of the potential production first surfaced in 2005 while George Lucas was promoting Revenge of the Sith. Work on the Clone Wars animated feature film and Cartoon Network series, though, took creative precedence. In late 2007, Lucas revealed that he and his team were about to begin writing scripts for the live-action show. Now MTV News has learned that casting for the series is currently underway. During the junket for the Nicolas Cage thriller Knowing, star Rose Byrne let slip that Team Lucas is casting a wide net for actors to join the show. A lot of my friends have been auditioning for it, she said. According to Lucas, the show will focus on minor characters from the saga and be set in the time period between Revenge of the Sith, Episode 3, and the original Star Wars, Episode 4. The action will follow the Rebel Alliance as it slowly gains strength against the Empire. There will be stormtroopers, but no Jedi or Darth Vader will appear on screen. As he did with the Clone Wars series, Lucas will write and shoot an entire year's worth of episodes before looking for a cable channel on which to air the series. Thus, with casting just now moving forward, it looks to be quite some time before fans will be able to catch some live-action Star Wars on the small screen. Byrne couldn't have been more excited about her time working with Lucas on 2002's Attack of the Clones. My experience was wonderful, she said. George is a great guy. I was just there for a week. Sammy behind Natalie Portman, looking very demure and supportive. 95% of the fan mail I get is from Star Wars, and I've never seen them. As much as she enjoyed the Star Wars experience, Byrne, who was nominated for a Glo Golden Globe for her work on FX's 
damages, will not be auditioning for the live-action series. I'm on a show, she said. I don't know if I look good in space. So there is the news. It's, uh, it's Like I said, it's not really Clone Wars related. It's related to whatever this live-action Star Wars show is going to be. Um, I don't know that we necessarily needed all that info on... Uh, on uh, on uh, Rose Byrne, but I uh, I don't know. I guess she had a few things to say. So uh, and I guess she was in episode two. I I don't really know exactly who she played. I think that she was one of the um, one of the handmaidens, but I didn't really uh, I didn't really look too too hard into that because I bet you guys probably don't really care that much. Um, but with news of this, it sounds like things are moving forward with the live action series finally we're hearing something about it um this is not an official word on anything this is from mtv not from star wars they're not from lucasfilm but uh but it sounds good it sounds like things are moving forward like like things are happening finally and uh and and we might see that uh that show probably around 2011 would be my guess but maybe as early as fall 2010 if they're going to get underway with shooting by, uh, you know, in the next, in the next six months, we could see, we could see the show as early as, uh, as fall of 2010. So, um, who knows, uh, down the road, depending on, uh, depending on, well, depending on a lot of stuff, um, there might be another podcast for you guys to listen to, but I'm not promising anything. So uh, that's all I'm going to say about that before I get you guys too excited and uh, and commit myself to anything. Um, our second piece of news has to do with Battlefront 3 heading back to Pandemic by way of Rebellion. So after being purchased from Free Radical by Rebellion, Battlefront 3 has now been handed off to the original Battlefront developer, Pandemic. So I guess uh, this, this, this news comes from uh, TheForce.net. And I guess that they've got somebody who knows a little something behind the scenes. And they're saying that uh, that Pandemic, the studio, the development studio responsible for the original uh, Battlefront, has purchased the rights to, uh, to complete Battlefront 3. Um, word is that, that what we saw in that video was not actually gameplay footage. It was... Uh, well, it was just like a pre-rendered. Uh, it's they call them target renders, so that's what they want the game to look like. That's that's kind of their uh, well, their target for them to hit. So that that's that's the uh, kind of like an animatic sort of thing, um, with uh, with all the concepts and stuff for the game. So uh, so who knows how much they had actually developed over at Free Radical. But uh, I, I, a little while ago, uh, Rebellion purchased the rights from Free Radical. Actually, I believe that they bought Free Radical outright, and everybody who worked for Free Radical went to uh, the the development studio Rebellion. Um, but now it seems like Rebellion is busy with its other stuff, so they're going to uh, be handing that off to Pandemic, and hopefully Pandemic can do a good job. Um, of course, they've had a pretty lackluster year with 2008 and the beginning of uh, 2009 with their releases um, Mercenaries 2 which people didn't really care about and uh, 
and uh, Lord of the Rings Conquest, which people called Battlefront Middle Earth. So, uh, I don't know. Hopefully, they'll bring that back to Star Wars and they'll do a good job. But uh, Lord of the Rings Conquest was really not that entertaining of a game. Um, I only ever played the demo, but the demo didn't really get me. It was kind of, it was really sort of stiff. Um, but we'll see. Hopefully, hopefully they can do something with Battlefront Three, and we'll finally see this game in its uh, in its fully realized form. With that, uh, we're going to move into collecting news. And first piece of news: uh, Galactic Heroes is getting bagged singles. Pictures have shown up online of boxes of bagged Galactic Heroes single figures. Apparently, the figures will also include a card possibly for some sort of game uh, no other information is known at this time but you can be sure that I'll report when there is more info um, at my local Toys R Us there is like a there's a board game that comes with two uh, Galactic Heroes figures and it's a, it's a Clone Wars board game um, I've not never purchased it because it's like 20 bucks um, and it's probably not that entertaining of a game because it is designed for for younger kids, so um, I've never I've never really picked it up, but uh, I I don't know maybe these bagged singles figures will will be sort of like expansions for that game, um, where you can get new characters and that sort of thing. Uh, if not, maybe they just come with like a little info card with info about the the character or whatever. Um, obviously, I mean it's Galactic Heroes, so it's going to be covering all Star Wars, but there will definitely be Clone Wars. Um, themed characters in these packs, I'm sure. So I uh, so keep an eye out for that, especially if you don't like buying them in the two packs, which I don't particularly, because a lot of the time you'll get one character that you like and one character that's pretty much a waste. So um, look out for those. Uh, and uh, second piece of collecting news: Anakin's Delta Two Jedi Starfighter has shown up on Entertainment Earth. Uh, for order. It's expected in July. The ship has the new center droid socket and is in Anakin's trademark yellow coloring. Hopefully we'll see more of these fighters for Ahsoka and Obi-Wan and as well as other Jedi in the series like Kit Fisto and, uh, and Plo Koon. We'll get to see all their different Jedi starfighters and the different colorings and that sort of thing um, which would be really cool. Uh, but it, uh, it, it, it looks pretty interesting. Actually the vehicles look like they've kind of taken a bit of a downturn now that they do, like, because vehicles used to be, like, 40 bucks, and now they're around, like, 25 Um, that's Canadian, at least. And it seems like they've kind of taken this turn to more simplistic stuff, rather than the, uh, the sort of bigger, more outlandish and crazy, uh, vehicles that they used to have. But um, but this looks pretty good, and if you're a Jedi Starfighter fan, if you like the, the Starfighters, then you'll definitely want to pick this up because it looks really cool. And, uh, and if they don't do repaints, we can always buy them and repaint them ourselves. So uh, that's collecting news for this week. It's, it's pretty slow with uh, Toy Fair and WonderCon in our wake. There wasn't really anything at WonderCon toy-related, at least not anything new. Um, but it was only weeks after uh, after Toy Fair, so it'll probably be a little while before we see anything really new, new pop up. 
and we really know like what for at least the next six months what's coming out so um with that i'm going to get into the weekly recap for the episode storm over ryloth above the planet ryloth a trade federation battleship is blockading the system its commander captain mar took is speaking with techno union leader wat tambor tambor reminds took of the importance of holding Ryloth against the Republic. Suddenly, three Republic warships, the Resolute, the Defender, and Redeemer, jump in from hyperspace. Aboard the Resolute, Ahsoka Tano prepares to launch her Jedi Starfighter. This is the first time she has led a squadron into battle, and her nervousness is apparent. She seals her cockpit and calls to her squadmates. Blue Squadron checks in and she launches, followed by the squad of B-19 Torrent Starfighters. In response, Martuk launches his full complement of Vulture Droid Fighters. While Ahsoka and the others engage the Droid Starfighters, Anakin and Admiral Yalaren watch the battle from the bridge of the, the Resolute. Tuke does the same from his battleship. He recognizes the Resolute as General Skywalker's flagship, expecting some sort of Jedi trickery is on its way. Ahsoka and her squad start their attack on the battleship, cutting a clear path straight to it. Tuke springs the trap, calling in four Separatist frigates as reinforcements. Admiral Yularen and Anakin order Blue Squadron back, but Ahsoka disobeys, continuing the assault. She loses one of her squad, and the droid fighters break past their line, attacking the cruisers. Overwhelmed, she obeys Anakin's orders and turns her squad around. Unfortunately for the Republic cruisers, it's too late. The droid fighters swarm, and several of them begin suicide runs against the cruisers. The Resolute takes a direct hit to the bridge, injuring Admiral Yalarin. Anakin orders a full retreat. All three destroyers have taken severe damage, but the Redeemer has taken the worst of it breaking apart and exploding. The remaining cruisers are preparing for light speed. Ahsoka and her squad will have to come in hot if they're going to make it back to the Resolute before it jumps. Axe has taken too much damage and falls behind, getting shot down by the pursuing droids. Blue Squadron dock in the Resolute's hangar, and the cruisers jump to light speed. In the hangar, Anakin is addressing some of the squad leaders. He needs a headcount. They lost a lot of ships in the battle. Nearby, Ahsoka sits on the edge of her fighter. Anakin scolds her for disobeying both his and Admiral Yalaren's direct orders. She counters by reminding Anakin that he's prone to the same actions, but he explains that that only means he understands what she's going through all that more. Ahsoka is upset with herself for losing so many pilots. Anakin tells her it was a trap and that it's not her fault, but in war you have to be prepared to lose men. That's the reality of command. Rex shows up, reporting that Master Windu wants to know their progress. Anakin jokes that they've made none. Aboard the Separatist battleship, Tuke is addressing Wat Tambor once more, who congratulates him on his victory, but warns that the Jedi will return. The captain orders one of his droids to retrieve the tactical file on General Skywalker so that he will be prepared for the Jedi's return. In the Resolute's war room, Anakin addresses Masters Kenobi and Windu, reporting the losses suffered in their assault. Obi-Wan inquires about Ahsoka, and Anakin tells him that the loss was upsetting. 
Obi-Wan tells him to give her time, but that he'll need her to help break the blockade. Master Windu reinforces that if they can't break the blockade, they'll have to postpone the invasion. But Anakin responds that the longer they wait, the harder it will be to liberate Ryloth. In the medical bay, Ahsoka is sitting with Admiral Yularen. She apologizes to the unconscious Admiral for disobeying him. The door slides open and Rex informs Ahsoka that Anakin needs her. Back in the hangar, Anakin is repairing Ahsoka's fighter. Ahsoka joins him and he informs her that Master Windu wants them to proceed with their attack on the blockade. Ahsoka doesn't think it's possible for them to win, but Anakin tells her that they must make do with the forces they have. She questions his judgment, but they're interrupted by Rex, who reports an issue with the Defender. Anakin orders Ahsoka to return to her quarters to cool off. Upon reviewing Skywalker's record, Martuk orders his droids to their battle stations. His officer asks if they're under attack, and the captain replies they are not, but if the records are correct, Skywalker will return. Alarms sound aboard the Resolute. Ahsoka enters the hallway to find troopers running down the halls. She calls one of them over to report and tells, and he tells her that the Defender is being evacuated. The troopers are heading down to the hangar to help General Skywalker. In the hangar, Ahsoka asks why he's ordered the Defender to evacuate. He explains that she was right. They can't smash through the blockade without putting more troopers at risk. He intends to pilot the Defender into the battleship leading the blockade, destroying it. He's depending on Ahsoka to lead the Resolute and take out what's left of the blockade while he's in an escape pod. Anakin climbs up the ramp of his shuttle and addresses the hangar, informing the troops that he's leaving Ahsoka in charge of the assault. In the war room, Ahsoka reports in. Anakin contacts her and tells her he's ready on the Defender. Rex and the troops are awaiting her orders. Back at the blockade, Tuke is once again addressing Wat Tambor. Tambor informs him that the Republic forces are spread too thin to mount another assault, but the captain disagrees. He intends to defeat General Skywalker upon his imminent return. Back in the war room, Rex and the navigation officer are skeptical of Soka's plan. Rex would have liked to discuss these plans with Anakin, and the navigation officer wishes he were here to lead the attack accidentally insulting Ahsoka. He apologizes, but you can tell that she agrees with the officer's assessment. The Defender emerges from hyperspace, headed towards the blockade. On the battleship, Anakin contacts Martuk, feigning his surrender in exchange for allowing supplies to reach the people of Ryloth. Tuke's arrogance allows him to take the bait. On the Resolute, Ahsoka explains her plans. In order to stand up to the multiple frigates, she intends to bring the Resolute in with its bottom hull facing the enemy. This will protect the fighters as they launch from the hangar and draw the enemy in closer. Rex and the navigation officer still aren't convinced, but Ahsoka, but Ahsoka sticks by her plan, stating that they don't have time for anything else. Suddenly, Admiral Yularen appears, backing up the Padawan. His support gives Ahsoka the confidence to stand by her plan. Aboard the Separatist battleship, a battle droid informs Martuk that scans indicate that Skywalker is the only one aboard the Defender. Tuke realizes Anakin's deceit and confronts him, but Anakin just laughs, telling him that he can have the ship anyways. 
The Resolute jumps in from hyperspace, and Anakin tells R2 to boost the engines. The Defender hurtles towards the battleship as Anakin and R2 escape. Just before it hits, Took decides to follow suit. The Defender makes contact, sending the battleship into a flurry of explosions. The droid commanders are in a state of confusion at Captain Took's sudden exit. Unsure of who is in command, they decide to attack. The frigates close in on the Resolute, just as Ahsoka planned. She launches her squadron of Y-Wing bombers, and they quickly begin to overrun the Separatists. Three Republic troop transports jump in, led by Masters Kenobi and Windu. Obi-Wan doesn't even want to know where the rest of Anakin's fleet is, or why he's in an escape pod. Ahsoka agrees, and sends a shuttle to pick up Anakin, who's just been sitting back and enjoying the show. So that is the episode Storm over Ryloth. It was a pretty good episode. Uh, all things considered it's um let's see i've said it before with the other two-parters and three-parters that the first end episode tends to be the weakest and if that's any indication and and correlates to the uh, ryloth trilogy then uh the ryloth trilogy is going to be awesome um i'll be honest with you guys i've already watched innocence of ryloth so i do know that the second chapter is probably one of the best episodes of the Clone Wars series so far. So uh, I'm not going to say anything. I'm going to wait. But I... Holy smokes. This was a pretty good episode. I enjoyed it a lot. It didn't have nearly as much Starfighter combat as I was hoping. But um, but it did have it did have some good stuff. Uh, my, my problem is that there's no real chase or urgency to any of the Starfighter combat. Mostly, I guess, because they don't really have the time to get into it. But, uh, but for what they did have, it was a pretty strong episode. And, uh, and had some really, really great action, along with a really, really good storyline. Um, although there have been a lot of complaints that, that uh, Ahsoka is too young to be leading her own squadron. Uh, being that she's only 14 years old. Um. But she is Anakin Skywalker's Padawan, so there's that to uh, to take into account. Um, there's also complaints that people have with um, with her essentially making the same mistake that Anakin made in uh, in uh, Shadow of Malevolence when when he attacked the Malevolence with the Y wings. Um, is very similar, at least, where uh, where she pressed the attack when she knew that she shouldn't, um, losing losing multiple fighters. I also think um, she didn't lose enough men. Uh, we only saw two. We saw uh, Tucker and Axe uh, get destroyed, but uh, she ends up flying back in with uh, with several other fighters behind her. And then Anakin says they lost one cruiser, which is a huge loss. Like, that's a huge loss. Because you can assume that they also lost uh, at least, like, half a complement of starfighters and gunships and all that other stuff that would have been docked aboard the fighter, the cruiser. Um, maybe not necessarily half of the fighters. But then he also says that they, moved, that they lost a squadron of fighters. Um... <clears throat> I don't know if he's referring to Ahsoka's squadron, Blue Squadron, or if he's referring to um, to the full squadron that was on 
the uh, the Redeemer. But um, in any case, there were those losses, but it didn't seem like Ahsoka really lost that many. So her uh, beating herself up, it wasn't quite as meaningful as if she had lost a lot more men on screen. Um, but I mean, like, like I've said before, it's a half an hour show. We got to get through things quick. So, uh, they kind of skip over things, I guess. They kind of, they kind of glaze over some of the details and just sort of, um, they show you a couple of them die and maybe some of the other ones did too. I haven't taken the time to watch the episode like freeze framing it and counting how many fighters she leaves with and how many she returns with. But it's not that big of a discrepancy because I, I think she returns with at least five fighters in tow. So, um, it can't have been that bad. Uh, but it was a pretty intense battle. When, when the droid starfighter uh, hits, hits the, the bridge of the Resolute, it's pretty intense. So, uh, so I, I, like, I enjoyed that aspect of it. I didn't necessarily enjoy the uh, the Ahsoka storyline as much as I could have, as much as as. But if you watch the commentary for this episode, uh, Dave Filoni talked about how they were having trouble getting that across. How they how they weren't really like the initial story just wasn't conveying any of that. So so they added uh, several other scenes that sort of made it a little bit more. A more meaningful um if actually if you like so they added scenes which means they had to cut scenes and if you look at the uh if you read the the episode guide on starwars.com it actually talks about anakin showing up before she launches launches her starfighter and talking to her before the beginning of that battle which is why he shows up on the bridge like he walks onto the bridge of the resolute as opposed to just being on the bridge of the Resolute already, uh, watching the battle as it goes. So little things like that get cut. We'll probably see them on the on the uh, the DVD box set. Oh, holy smokes! I can't believe I forgot this news. Uh, I'm just gonna interject really quick with another piece of news. Uh, the box set is expected sometime in September, October. So uh, it's gonna be a while before before the season one set comes out um but if you're if you're really really wanting to get stuff you can always get the the volume dvds that are coming out uh back to, back to my uh my thoughts on storm over Ryla. um let's see so we're about halfway through it uh the way that the clones react to her leadership was probably one of the better parts of the episode it definitely made you feel like um, they didn't really have a lot of confidence in her, and uh, and even Rex, who's worked with her closely, and uh, and obviously knows that she's a capable uh, Padawan. Not quite sure if she's ready for for command, specifically of of such an important and uh, dangerous mission. Um, they lost with three cruisers, like one of the, the one uh, clone says. How are they supposed to win with uh, with one nearly destroyed cruiser and one damaged cruiser? So uh, the trick that she pulls in the end 
of of bringing the ship in, pulling, putting it on side, and launching the fighters uh, from the top is actually it's actually a pretty cool move, and and it actually comes from uh, one of the one of the Thrawn books uh, from the Thrawn trilogy, or well, Zon books, I guess, from the Thrawn trilogy. So I uh, I never finished those because I'm not really a fan of the Timothy Zahn books, but uh, but apparently. Uh, Grand Admiral Thrawn does the same thing. He turns a, a a star destroyer on its side to make the rebels. Well, I guess at that point it's the New Republic uh, ships think that it's defenseless, that it's that it's damaged and it's like listing um, without power. And then as soon as they get in close enough, he launches all the fighters and and just like swarms them at close at a close distance. Which is exactly what what Ahsoka did, and uh, and it works really well because they they just take the bombers, the Y wing bombers, and they just massacre the frigates. They uh, they take out one in like ten seconds. It's ridiculous, um, but a great plan, and uh, and it works really well, and uh, and obviously clears things up. And Obi Wan has the great line at the end of the episode uh, about he's, he says, "I'm not even going to ask." Uh, where the rest of Anakin's fleet is, or why he's in an escape pod, and uh, I think that's pretty classic Anakin. And yet, once again, we see Anakin crash a ship. It's like it's his mo. I I love it that that Anakin is like the first time that we hear about him in A New Hope. Obi Wan talks about him being the best pilot that he's ever known, and yet. All we've ever really seen him do, other than the little bit in uh, in Revenge of the Sith and the little bit in uh, in the Phantom Menace, is crash ships. This is all he ever does. He he crashes the uh, the Twilight. He crashes the uh, um, the Invisible Hand in Episode Three. He's he's crashing the. The, uh, the defender into into the the trade federation battleship like uh it's it's all the guy ever does he's he's really he is a good pilot but you wouldn't think so from his track record of destroyed ships but uh but a cool plan on anakin's part to do that uh and obviously showing that he's not exactly a conventional jedi the thing that i want to know about is the uh the the talk that he had to have with with the uh, Supreme Chancellor Palpatine afterwards about how he, you know, cost them billions of credits for that starship um, that he destroyed. But uh, not only did he destroy that one, he also lost another one. So, I mean, they went in there with three and came out with one. And the one was damaged. So, uh, yeah, not a, not, not a shining track record. But uh, but a win nonetheless, and then uh, one of my favorite parts is at the end when the when the the assault ships come in. The um, trying to think what class they are. Oh, they're a different class of star star destroyer. Uh, they're the assault star destroyers, though, which which are designed. They're the ones from Episode Two that are designed to uh, to land because the uh, the larger ones, the the ones that are mostly red with the the two 
bridges can't land in atmosphere. But the mostly gray ones that uh, that in this, in the Clone Wars, have a red stripe down the middle, which I thought was really cool. Um, they, I mean, we've seen them land in tons of different instances. Like, uh, uh, we see them, well, landed in Episode 2, picking up troops. Um, <clears throat> we see them land in the in the Clone Wars micro-series on water, nonetheless, which is really interesting. Um and it was cool to see them be used as the as the troop transports in this. Um, and I guess that's everything for the episode. I mean, it wasn't it wasn't that groundbreaking of an episode. It kind of retreaded the the same ground that uh, that Shadow of Malevolence treaded. So. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't really have a ton else to say. It was it was actually kind of, it was a quick episode, but it feels like not a lot happened. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I would have been happier if they would have not labored the, the concept of, of Ahsoka not being, uh, not being too happy with her situation. Um, like being upset about the about losing her men and uh, and about the clones not trusting her command, and uh, and seeing more more starship battle, but uh, that's just me, that's just my uh, my preference, and I understand for the three the three act format that the the shows go by because of because uh, of commercial breaks. Uh, it's it's tailored a certain way, and they got to sort of fit things in a certain way. So, uh, so I understand why it ended up the way it ended up, but, uh, in regards to storytelling, it's not necessarily the way that I would have liked them to do it. Um, but like I said, if it's any indication of how great the rest of the trilogy is going to be, uh, it's, it's going to be some wicked episodes coming up. So that is, those are my thoughts on Storm over Ryloth. Definitely a good episode. Uh, definitely one of the better ones of the series. And with that, we are going to get into the mailbag. And I've got a piece of mail here from Jack. Uh, I do not know how to pronounce your last name. Uh, Mc, Mc, McGuane. McGuane or McGuane? I'm not, I'm not sure. I'm going to go with McGuane. 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 I don't know, he's from Australia. So uh, he says, Hey Michael, I really like your work on the Clone Wars podcast. It is the coolest podcast ever. I love the action figures, and since 2005 I've collected about 1,347. little credit to my grandpa for that. He collected the vintage ones when he was my age. And he says his age is nine. Uh, you'll be happy to know that I filled out your listener survey... And you'll be happy to know that it is rumored that the second major vehicle might just be a Jedi shuttle, the one that Ayla crashes in Jedi Crash. I live in Australia, and fortunately they have two channels playing it. Channels, channel 10's up to 16, and Cartoon Network is up to rookies. I promise this isn't hate mail, but Twilight does not suck. Err. Uh, that's from Jack McGuane in Australia. The, and he says in, in, in captions afterwards, the little island that America doesn't share the newest Star Wars releases with. 
um, which I think is pretty funny. They, they tend to get their figures and the episodes a little bit late. It's like you said, they're only up to episode 16, so they're about about four episodes behind us. Um, and Cartoon Network over there is only up to rookies. So I didn't know that you guys had your own Cartoon Network. It seems like Canada is the only one without a Cartoon Network. Uh, I, that, that is cool that maybe the second major vehicle is going to be the Jedi Shuttle. Although I don't, I wouldn't call that a Jedi shuttle. Uh, I think that's a that's a Republic transport. I think that's what the, the what it was called in Episode One, um, which will be a cool vehicle for them to do. See how big it is, what what the scale is. Uh, if it's like the BMF, where it's almost to scale with the three and three quarter figures, or if it's more like the the original Millennium Falcon, that's kind of like a shrunk down, uh, fun version. But uh, but that's cool. I, I hope to see that to see news about that. Maybe we'll see something a little bit later uh, in the months to come. Um, so thank you very much for for writing in. And you, you tell me that Twilight doesn't suck, but sparkly vampires just don't do it for me. Um, but I don't want to go off on a whole tangent there. So with that, let's go. Let's go into the forum post of the week. Uh, post subject is if you could write an episode of Clone Wars, posted by Grievous Fan ninety one. Uh, now this is another this is another post from Grievous Fan ninety one. He comes up with some pretty good stuff, and he says, "Let's pretend that Lucasfilm was so desperate that they called on us to write episodes of Clone Wars. What would your episode be like? Please keep the story ideas believable and serious." So. There's a few really good ideas on there. Um, I don't want to say any of them on here because I want you to head over to the forums and read them and, uh, and give props to the people who deserve it. Uh, definitely check out Jedi Madden's story. Um, his, his idea, uh, the episode title would be Parlay and it's a two-parter. And uh, it sounds like it would be an awesome episode and I wouldn't be surprised if we didn't see something similar in the course of the of the five seasons of Clone Wars that we're to expect. So, um, with that, I'll tell you what my idea was. Uh, I, I posted an idea. Well, actually, it wasn't much of an idea. I just said Clone Commandos. Uh, enough said. That's it. But I'll, I'll maybe get into... Let's, let's try and spitball an idea right here. So, um, I, I would have a, a group of Clone Commandos... Uh, on a planet that we've not seen, I'd like to see them on a planet that we've not seen, in in a in sort of harsh settings. Um, but commandos work well in in urban environments, so maybe that would probably be the best, like sort of like a, a city planet. Uh, let's go with Corellia. Corellia is a planet that we've never seen in Star Wars, so uh, so we've got clone commandos on Corellia. Um, the Corellians are obviously famous for their shipyards, and uh, and let's say there's a Corellian shipyard because the Corellians, um, they're kind of mercenary by nature, and uh, and pay out like they they'll work for the highest bidder sort of thing. So let's say that they've got a Corellian shipyard that's that's manufacturing uh, something for the separatists. 
or uh, or maybe the separatism occupied Corellia in order to use the shipyards to uh, to build new ships to new, build new new like a new version of the droid starfighter. Let's say the the tri droids because they haven't been introduced yet. So it would be an introduction to the tri, to the tri droids, and uh, even though I know that they weren't built by by Corellia, but let's uh, let's retcon that and say that they were. Or we come up with a new kind of droid starfighter, um, or just that they're hijacking their their shipyards in order to build these droid starfighters. But uh, it's not necessarily what the like we wouldn't consider having been built by the Corellians, just on Corellia. Um, so the clones, the clone commandos, have to get in there. It's a four man squad, and uh, and I wouldn't have a Jedi. I don't think I'd have them led by a Jedi. In this instance it would just be a four jedi or a four clone squad uh and they would be in there uh trying to disable the shipyards uh in order to stop production so that the jedi could come in with a full attack battalion and uh and and liberate the planet so, somewhat similar to the ryloth thing but i mean they're all war stories so they're all going to be kind of kind of close to one another um so yeah that would be my idea there you go and uh it would just be a one-parter it would be mostly action-packed one with uh with like a sort of a a rock guitar um soundtrack playing in the background because because that's how the clones roll because they're they're hardcore like that uh so that that's my idea i want to hear what your guys ideas are and uh head over to our forums at geekoutpodcast.com slash forums and uh and get in there and tell me what what you guys want to see if you could write your own star wars the clone wars episode uh and thank you very much to grievous fan 91 for posting such an awesome topic and definitely get in there and read some of them because because some of these ideas are just excellent, excellent ideas. Uh, so I guess with that, our uh, uh, well, I'm not going to do an upcoming episode description because you guys have probably mostly seen the upcoming episode, Innocence of Ryloth, because it's already out. You can just head over to StarWars.com and read the episode guide if you are really uh, hard up. Uh, so with that... Uh, I want to say thanks for listening. Uh, don't forget to check us out online at www.clonewarspodcast.com. Take a moment, fill out our listener survey. Um, we might be close to getting a, a sponsor, but that doesn't mean that you should stop filling out the survey. Uh, follow us on Twitter. Our username is Clone Wars. You can get all your updates through Twitter that way. You'll know when new episodes come out. You'll know when I post clips from upcoming episodes which i do generally every thursday because ign gets them and then i just post them because they have a little embedded player that i can put right on the site and you can check that out um and head over to facebook to join our group we're up to like 76 or 78 something like that in the group uh become a fan of the 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 frontline frontlines the clone wars podcast we've got our own fan page on facebook which you can access through the group which you can access through the site. Um, and join us on the Geek Out Loud forums at www.geekoutpodcast.com forums. 
don't forget to email me. Emails have kind of uh, slowed down in the last little while. And uh, and it makes it much harder to pick emails to uh, to read on, on the show. So um, if you want to have your email read on the show, uh, email me mcohen at clonewarspodcast.com. That's M-C-O-H-E-N at clonewarspodcast.com. I want to hear what you guys think about stuff. Like, it's it's super important that I get your feedback about the show, about uh, about front lines, about everything, about the t-shirt, which I, I don't have any new information about that yet, but hopefully soon I will. Um, and, uh, and stay tuned later this week, probably Thursday or Friday, for yet another episode of Front Lines. Uh, so it'll be two in one week because I took so long to get this one out. I apologize again, but hopefully you guys enjoyed it. And uh, and with that, I will say, may the force be with you, and I will see you guys later this week. 